Welcome back, everybody. This is the Hop Nation USA podcast. I am your host, Adam. I am glad that you are here with us. Also with me is Steve. Hello. He is happy to be here. Yes. And as you can tell, uh, we're in a nice quiet space. We are live on location. Once again, Spicy Boy Summer Revenge Tour rolls right along. We are here at Necromancer Brewing here in the North Hills right on Babcock Boulevard. Hell yeah. What noise was that? It was like a hell yeah, but with like a... With like... A, f- a throat frog. <laughs> Just like agita thrown yeah. in there. Ribbit. <laughs> well, too bad. I'm not giving you a second take on that one. That's cool. I'm moving on. Moving on. So since we are here live on location here at Necromancer, we didn't just break in and decided to record here. We were invited. So that means we have ourselves a guest. We, yeah. have, we have Lauren, the head brewer. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. Uh, obviously, Necromancer is one of the newer breweries in the Pittsburgh area. Yes. And uh, we're, we're doing this kind of double up of where we talk to somebody new and talk to somebody old in the Pittsburgh area. You're our new for September. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but uh, we, we, we've previously talked about Necromancer, you know, leading up to your opening. And we've also featured your Black IPA, which was one of my favorite beers of the summer. Agreed. So, Agreed. <laughs> we're, nice. very, we're very excited to talk about the... Uh, what else you have to offer? You have a lot going on here, but let's start with the beers that uh, you poured up for us uh, to begin with. Uh, I'll let you introduce the beer. Yeah. And what um, we got? This is our ESB. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty standard ESB. Um, yeah. Uh, with the traditional styles, I try to go pretty traditional uh, with the brewing since we are doing the whole resurrecting dead styles, and then I, you know, we really want to kind of hold true. To the, to the traditional styles. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. I'm not an avid ESB drinker. Uh, I'll drink them if they're made like this, because that's how I like it, uh, which, is, which is a little less on the sweet side, a little more balanced with the hops. Um, yeah, super caramel. Makes you want to eat a big basket of fries. Nice. And that is the beauty of being the head brewer. You make it how you want it. Yeah, no, I love it. It's, it's, it's one of the perks because I'm like, mm, I like it like this. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with this beer. It turned out right. really good. I assume that this is one of the uh, first ESBs that Necromancer has made, or if not the first. It is the first ESB that Necromancer okay. has made, which uh, I think if we have our way, might not be the last. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a company favorite. Excellent. So far. So, Excellent. Yeah. So uh, that is one thing that uh, I think we're going to have a lot of on this show is a lot of beers that we don't feature on the show at all, if ever, or rarely. Rarely. We had an ESB, I think, from Insurrection, or at very Mm. least Katie. Okay. Katie had one. (laughs) Was that Uh, during one of the Zoom episodes? Yeah, during one of the Zoom episodes. all right. But I think, yeah, we've had few and far between ESBs, although I do like them in kind of my own time. I get it. Uh, I, I I drink a lot of Fullers mm-hmm. when uh, and then he, uh, Heavy Seas. Yes, actually had an ESB mm-hmm. for a long time that I drank a lot of. But you know, that's a brewery I need to get back into. Yeah, you don't Heavy see Seas. I, f- I feel like we don't see them too much. No, mm-hmm. and I don't know why that is. Yeah, they blew up. 
big time, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, yeah, I haven't seen them that much. And maybe they just lost distribution in Pittsburgh, but I feel oh, like maybe. I feel like I only see them at JRs, and it's only their like anniversary beer yeah. that comes in. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, looking at this one, uh, deep brown caramelly, uh, it, it, very cloudy all the way through, mm-hmm. and uh, on the nose. Guess what? A lot of caramel, yeah. A lot of caramel. (laughs) A lot of caramel mold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as it should be. So just out of curiosity, do you have any uh, any numbers handy in terms of ABV, IBUs, or anything like that? Oh, man, you guys are making me go off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. Like 30, 40 beers in my head. Uh, This is, I think, five and a half, and it's towards the upper end of IBUs, 30-something. Okay. From what I remember. Yeah, I wanted to, as far as the style guidelines are concerned, I wanted to, I like hoppier Mm -hmm. ESBs. Mm -hmm. my first brewery that I worked at was Sun King Brewing in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. And they right. had uh, they had an ESB for their house beer. It was called Bitter Druid until they got rid of it because no one drinks ESBs. Mm-hmm. And they kicked it off the uh, the uh, house beer train. Yeah, anyway, Sun King's was a little bit hoppier, and I, I actually really liked that beer. I loved that beer. I drank a bunch of it, and I was kind of bummed out when they stopped putting it in rotation. But yeah, that was kind of the inspiration for this is something that's... I've had a couple ESBs that are a little bit sweeter mm-hmm. on... Yeah, I like something that's a little bit more balanced. Well, I guess there's no time like the present. Yeah, well, I've been drinking on it. Oh, but. oh I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you haven't had it yet? No, I was being a good host and oh. listening. <laughs> I'm, I can listen and drink. Yeah, you could do the whole, like, where you take a sip and nod. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, I do get a little bit of, like, a bitterness on the back end. Mm-hmm. That, it, yeah, it, it lingers a bit. I, I like that because it ends... It, it comes across more dry. I, I like my ESBs more dry, more balanced, mm-hmm. less sweet as well. I think that's just kind of across the board for all, like, darker, ambery kind of beers, whether they're lagers or ales. I don't, like I, this guy. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't like super sweet caramel. Like, I like I like my super sweet stouts. I know it's counterintuitive. <laughs> but, like, my lagers and, and my ESBs and my English ales, I, I don't like that sweet. You're just you're you're just very selective about your treats. Yeah, <laughs> I know where my treats is coming from, and it's always gross stouts. <laughs> if you're gonna go, go hard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on anything that's a little maltier. I do like a little zip on the end, just mm-hmm. to, just to crisp it up a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and it, this is definitely a, a good beer that stands on its own. I like this beer, and. I'll admit it's been a couple of years since I've had an ESB. Right. So I'm kind of glad that I got back in there. Yeah. Oh, you know. I'll admit too, it's been a couple of years for me. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good beer though. I, I I'm enjoying it, and like you said earlier, it would definitely go good with fries. And yeah, this is, I mean, not to be too stereotypical of it, but yeah, it's a fish and chips type of beer. Like, oh, well, I mean, fried food would be great <laughs> with this beer. <laughs> To be fair, are there many beers that to wouldn't be go good? Oh, to be fair, <laughs> are there many you know beers that wouldn't go good with fry food? Farmhouse sales. I don't know. I'd do it. Gozes. <laughs> I'd do it. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people that French fries will go with any beer <laughs> yeah. if I have my way. Yeah. yeah. As long as you don't dip the fries in the beer. No, 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 no. That's no, that's, that's a bridge that's, too that's, far. That's that's too much. Yeah. Although you could dip your fries in Hitchhiker's new concoction. What do they have? <laughs> they just have ice cream. Oh. That's made out of their bottle oh, so service. It's like, it's like it's like frosty. Yeah, like dipping it in a frosty. Right, you could dip it in a frosty. I'd, I'd be about that. I'll admit. You could do that. I wonder if it actually has milk in it. It's like an actual soft serve. 
Yeah, it's an actual soft serve. Oh. I don't. We talked about like the the way those kind of soft serves are made, but I don't know if it's made the same way as that dessert system that we talked about. I'm not sure. It's it, there's a company, I believe it's in Illinois or Indiana. They have a proprietary system that makes a gel. Uh, it's not. It's non lactose and it's mm-hmm. completely dairy free, and they, it's a proprietary gel that freezes alcohol. And so, like uh, I believe. Uh, Jay Wakefield has one of those machines, and uh, Microphone in Chicago has one of those machines. They might have gotten the heads up from Microphone. I know they're friends. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so that brings up an interesting question. You huh. said it freezes the alcohol? Yeah. Is that to the point where you could use that to make like an ice block? Could oh, you yeah. kind of hey, turn wait, it on stop. its head? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now you got my attention. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Possibly? I don't know. Somebody write that down. Somebody write that down, and then I need like 12 of those machines. I'm going to make a box, and then we're just going to sit there and distill it. Get the cornhole boards out of the way. Uh, I don't know. I don't either. But uh, while we discuss that and other things, we can continue to drink this ESB. Sure. Yeah. We'll continue to drink this ESB, and we'll get to learn a little bit more about Necromancer. Right now. Yes. Awesome. So, uh, again, we already mentioned Necromancer is new to the Pittsburgh area, and you guys opened, and you guys have been canning, and you guys have just gotten yourselves out onto the scene. And uh, But what's kind of the uh, short-form history of Necromancer Brewing? Oh, man. Um, so, Ben is the owner. Ben Butler's the owner. Uh, he and I met, uh, I think it was July of last year. Um he actually needed a head brewer and contacted Andrew Witchie at DG, and Andrew Witchie gave him my name, and then Andrew Witchie texted me and was like, hey, I know this guy that needs a head brewer. Would you be interested? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Ben and I had a, had a meeting, like on a, a virtual meeting, and he told me, you know, kind of what he was thinking for the brewery, and I, I was, we hit it off, and the, you know, for a brewer to be told that they get to brew a lot of traditional stuff, the new stuff and to kind of get your feet wet on resurrecting old beer styles. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was a very attractive thing. So we, we met, we talked, uh, and then it was like, okay, give me a budget on the brew house. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> how much is this going to cost me? And I was like, you didn't do this yet. Okay. Oh no. Uh, shit. Um, but you know, and then we got to talking and we built some budgets and we got to looking for a spot. Uh, it took us a long time to find a spot. We really wanted to have it in the North Hills. There's not many breweries up here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an untapped market. It made sense. Uh, Ben's from the North Hills, uh, so you know he really wanted it to be here, and it made sense to me because I didn't want to be another brewery in a saturated part of town. Um, you know, so we kept looking and looking and looking. It was very hard to find a place. Uh, honestly, we actually didn't stumble upon this place until December of last year, uh, which kind of gives you the timeline of how much ass we hauled mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get this place open. Um, but, you know, we, we I pretty much designed the place in a couple of months, like what we would need and what direction we wanted to go. And then we found this place and then it was, you know, somebody shot a rocket and it was just, let's go. So we, we started building out and getting everything going uh, in January because by the time we got this place it was the holidays Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then it was just you know rocket fuel until may when we opened (laughs) uh we had purchased the brew system because there was such a long lead time the one thing about covid 
is that some stuff was really easy to get. Uh, getting some stuff, there was a really long lead time. Um, so we got that, and yeah, the rest is history. We opened in in May, a week after my kid was born, which if you want to do something <laughs> really fast, you have a kid and open a brewery. That's Ooh. expert mode there. And my wife had, a, had her kid uh, on the 8th of May, and then the next week we were going. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, and then ever since then, it's just been rock and roll. We started cans only uh, to go because COVID restrictions weren't lifted yet. Mm-hmm. We had designed everything to be cans only because we didn't know where we were going to be at this point. Honestly, the way things were going, we kind of thought we were still going to be cans only. Uh, but things started opening up, and so we started doing can pours, and now we actually have draft on, which we've had for a couple of weeks, which is great. Uh, it's nice to be able to keg, keg some beer and have draft. Everybody likes draft. Mm-hmm. Um, People say that beer tastes better in draft, and now that like I have a draft system in the brewery, I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, it might right. it, it yeah. comes from the same place. I don't know what makes it different. I don't know. It's all the same, but it, you know. Uh, so yeah, and we've we've put out about we've brewed 36 different beers so far. Wow. So we've been open a little over, well, close to four months. Yeah, we're turning them out. I said that's more <laughs> that's more than a new beer every week. Yeah. We average yeah. two to three new beers a week. That's, in, that's incredible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we're hauling ass, yeah. um, wow. which is great. You know, it's nice. All uh, gas, no brakes here at Necromancer. All gas, no brakes. Yeah, gonna, I'm going to get them to get a big sign. That's our new tagline. We are no longer resurrecting dead styles. It's all gas, no brakes. Necromancer Brewing Company. Um, no, but it's been great. Uh, it's, you know, crash course and... How to build and open a brewery really fast. I, uh, I think that is the fastest I have heard of a new brewery being able to be open. Especially in Pennsylvania. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Ben and I share, we have a lot in common, especially with our personalities. And we are like, go big, go home, go hard, go fast, get it done. Mm-hmm. And you put two of us together and we're just like, oh, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. I, when the place had opened... And I think it was honestly like month two that I actually sat down in the tap room and I was like, oh, fuck, like we're open. (laughs) This this has all happened. (laughs) Like all that waiting. Because, you know, I... I, Hey, what are you here for? Cans? (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) You're Um, you're giving us money now? (laughs) I felt like getting the place open was such a long process because it was, you know, it was like August when, when... we were getting everything budgeted and ordering things and getting everything going to about January to start construction. And like, for me, I was like, I want to brew beer. I'm tired of sitting in front of a computer. Let's go. Let's get in the lab. And then this all happened. And now I'm at the point, I'm like, can I just have a week where I had that, where I was just like, chill. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it's been a wild ride and things are great. I think... You know, I'm I'm happy with the brew the brew system. We're getting she and I are getting a feel for each other, uh, figuring out each other's quirks, and we have a good team. And yeah, we're hauling ass, and it's awesome, it's great, nice. So, so yeah. when you were you were opening up and you were figuring out the, your beer menu and stuff like that, how did you decide which beer was going to be the first one that you brewed and released? Uh, so funny. Uh, a lot of the pilot batches that I did while I was digging around trying to make drawings and order equipment and figure out what I need was on my homebrew system at home. Uh, and we just kind of sat and talked. We knew we wanted to have a New England IPA as one of the core four. Uh, and then we were kind of bouncing around ideas. And I think the Kentucky Common was actually Ben's idea. 
he was like, I want to make this. Can we make this? And I was like, yeah, I can make it. <laughs> okay. Um, and we actually did that collab with Dancing Gnome mm-hmm. first to kind of try it out and get us moving on the scene. Uh, and it turned out great. Um, you know, and we wanted to have a wit because that's kind of a crowd pleaser if you're mm-hmm. not into hoppy beers. Mm-hmm. Thank, you, thank the, you for that. <laughs> uh, and then um, the fourth beer we were kind of up in the air about, and I was like, how about we do a grisette? Grisette would be fun. There's a couple different ways you can make one. You can make them sour. You can make them not sour. You can make them Belgian-y. You can not make them Belgian-y. Um, I'm a research nut, which is, I don't know why. Um, so I researched it, and the the data that I had on grisettes was that it was kind of its own little entity where, you know, you had the Belgian-y style beers. These were like the working class beers that were brewed quickly. They were hop forward. It was clean. It was like your little Belgian miners, but light. Um, so I kind of took that and ran with it. Uh, and we all love it. It's a great beer. It's a crusher. Uh, so yeah, that was the the four house beers. And then pretty much it was like, all right, let's just start researching what are these crazy beers that have been brewed in, in forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of my time getting this place designed and building it and getting it ready. But a lot of the time was also spent researching, like, what styles of beer can we do? What are some beers that we haven't done? Which uh, the Before Swine, which is the Pearl beer, was one of the ones I stumbled upon. Um, it's a dark mild that they used to drink on Pearl boats in England. Uh, but, you know, they didn't have hops back then, so they put a bunch of other things in it. So they put mm. orange and ginger and, and licorice in there. They also put wormwood in there, but technically we can't put that in there. Yeah, Due to TTB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hallucinate or something. I don't know. Um, so I did it, you know, did research that and a couple others. And it's just, it's kind of crazy what comes up and what you can look for. And yeah, for me, it was, it was a nice challenge to kind of research and say, okay, yeah, I think I can make that. Thanks. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you start going down the path of, of researching a recipe, are there any resources that you automatically go to or do you just sort of start anywhere and hope for the best? Google. Okay. All right. Okay. It's kind of, I mean, with some of these, there's a lot of stuff on, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll, you'll find like, you know, craft beer and brewing articles and there's some stuff that there's nothing like, um, the Pearl beer was tough. There's a little bit of research on it, but the, the stuff where I like actually looked up, okay, this looks a lot like a dark mild. It was, it was like a facsimile mm. thing that I found in the library. Oh, geez. Had a, you know, and there's stuff like that. It's just. It's all over the place. So there's not really a go-to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of it's just reading a bunch of their articles and seeing what other people have done. If there has been a, a brewery that's done it, what did they do? And kind of comparing and saying, okay, this is what it's supposed to taste like. How am I going to make that work? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And also, I can't use wormwood. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, would I like to use wormwood? Yeah, hell yeah. Sure. Everybody will be having a great old time. But, um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And then also trying to figure out what are the ways you can make it more modern? Mm-hmm. How, you know, because my thing is, yeah, we're resurrecting old beer styles. Let's make them in a way that it's not going to be how people used to have palates back in the 1600s. It's not like it is today. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty cool. But, yeah, it's just, you know, scouring the Internet, looking in, in libraries and seeing what's there. And just kind of figuring it out. So have, you, have you ever had to just physically just call somebody or write them an email and like, hey, how, how did, you know, you and your brewery do this? No. Okay. No, <laughs> not yet. I'm sure there will probably come a time 
where I do that. Usually it's just, you know, you just lick the finger and go, okay, let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, the cool thing is, is I, I think I have enough freedom to be like, all right, we're going to try this thing. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Here um, we go. Use, use what knowledge I have of what I know works and what doesn't work and then just mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny because, like, I, we talked, and it might have been, like, when you guys were first, like, getting on the board of, like, people knowing you were coming around, and we saw that you had a grisette on the menu, and I think we were talking on a, an episode in the past about, like, when's the last time we even saw a grisette? And the only one that came to my mind was, like, 2017, somebody made a grisette for be, uh, Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week as a collaboration. That's dope. It was just, like, a one-off, and, like, that's the last time I can remember <laughs> one. And it, but also that same year, somebody made like a Rogan beer, mm-hmm. which you don't Hell see. Yeah. yeah. And somebody also made uh, a braggot that was like, a, you know, a mead. Mm-hmm. It was called Buzz. It was called the Buzzerker, I believe. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. I enjoyed that one. Because <laughs> bees, but also buzz because it was 10%. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Nice. So, so apparently 2017, somebody had like old styles <laughs> all on the mind. I but, guess uh, so, man. Yeah. Uh, is there, have you come across any styles that you just don't think you can replicate? Yeah, a few. Um, it, some of them, it's just there's not enough research. Uh, hmm. So this is kind of giving some away, but it's not a huge thing. So a kvass, does anybody know what a kvass is? Russian trash. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, I guess. So it's a, it's a, a technically a beer that's been made with, rye bread oh. um there is absolutely nothing on how to make this thing except for like you know on food network somebody would be like i made a kvass with some prune juice and some rye bread and i'm like <laughs> no you made toilet wine <laughs> you did not so we are actually i'm not going to give too many details away we are actually going to kind of do our own version of a kvass it's not going to have prune juice in it uh but <laughs> yeah. it is going to have rye in it it is going to have bread it's going to be a collaboration with one of my favorite some of my favorite people and one of my favorite companies um that's all i'm going to say all right uh, but i think when you get to to that place you're like all right how am i going to recreate there's nothing written down all mm-hmm. you know is it had like these couple things in there at that point I'm like all right I'm gonna take this and just run with it yeah. and do my own thing and it might not be exactly what they used to have but if they had it they'd probably like it mm-hmm. and <laughs> it, it's your interpretation yeah so you know who's gonna tell you no yeah yeah so I think it, kind of stuff like that it's like all right this isn't gonna be exactly how they used to have it but let's let's make it our own and make it something that people are gonna like mm-hmm. and then it's Become something new. Yeah. But also old. <laughs> and yours. And mine. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, there is a YouTube channel. Um, I, I can't remember the name right off the top of my head. But it's, it's something along the lines of like Boris does things. And okay. <laughs> it's just this, he, he makes a really terrible version of Kavos of just like just malt extract, no hops, throws <laughs> it in a six stool. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, <laughs> It's oh. awful. <laughs> it's it's my goal to to not do that. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Tastes like something that people like now, but right. also gives homage to uh, to that. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure that's all Kavas was was probably a bunch of you know just a bunch of malt. Yeah. Just yeah. a bunch of Russians being like, oh, this will do. Stick it outside <laughs> for a bit, and then you'll feel good. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he uses like bread yeast as well. So it's oh not. Boy. Yeah. There's a oh. couple beers that actually use bread yeast. That scares really? me a teensy weensy bit. Yeah. yeah I, I, no, thank you. No. <laughs> there's a there's a few beers, uh, historical beers that use bread yeast, and I'm like. I think I'm going to stick with the brewer's ease. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't want that thing to pop off. <laughs> <laughs> this is now an homage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there, uh, is there anything that we can expect coming up in the future? Obviously, you know, you, you guys haven't been open for an entire year yet, so you haven't gone through all the seasons. Uh, coming up in the winter months, we can usually expect darker beers. So oh, yeah. can we expect maybe a brown ale? That's not too common in Pittsburgh. There's some things, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about a brown ale. Per se, uh, we have a couple things coming out in December. We we actually have a lot. We have a couple, a, a bunch of resurrections, a bunch of trendy beers. Mm-hmm. So if you guys like pastry stouts, <laughs> um, <laughs> got a couple pastry stouts. Yeah, we're we're kind of as far as the holidays are concerned. I think we're doing it up. So nice. you, know, awesome. you can expect a pumpkin beer for the Thanksgiving, um, and then <sighs> we're also kind of doing the. Uh, Kind of some old school stuff, so I'm, I'm hoping to do a beer to guard okay. for the for the winter months because a nice strong. Yeah. Film, yeah. Can, can I just say thank you for not having a pumpkin beer in August? Oh no, or the July. pumpkin beer I think is getting. I think my in my mind and on my production schedule is getting released like the day before or either the week before Thanksgiving. Thank as you. As it should. Yes. There you go. As it should be. Um. Yeah, we're doing that, uh, that kvass, which is going to be a darker, because, mm-hmm. you know, rye. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the red rye IPA is going to make a return at some point. Um, and yeah, there's going to be a bunch of stouts. I have breakfast stout, some pastry stouts. Um <laughs> Can we just write you like a, a check, like a blank check? Oh, you can always then, write me a blank check. And then yeah. just, whatever you number feel is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk after. That sounds great. Fill, yeah, a, case so, yeah, there's, fill a case up with whatever. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think December is kind of dubbed mostly holiday beers. Mm. So, yeah, something kind of something for everyone. Uh, we're going to do a couple, couple of resurrections. One's a Schwarzfeitzen, which is like a black wheat. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. That'll be fun. Um, sounds fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we're probably going to have a Schwartz beer because I love Schwartz beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, a bunch of dark beers. We, we really like dark beers here, uh, which is funny. I was never really a huge dark beer fan until, like, the past couple years, and then I was like, dark beers. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're good. They don't suck. Yeah. No, no, they no, do no. no, no. Good. Ooh, t-shirt idea. <laughs> Dark beers, they don't <laughs> they suck. They don't suck. Oh, you guys are going to steal my, I gotta, <laughs> steal my saying. I say that a lot. Um, you said it yeah. onto our microphones and now it's ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Wait. yeah, we've got, we've got plenty of holiday stuff coming up. Things are going to kind of take a little bit of a shift towards more holiday beers and then a little less on the lighter side. Awesome. And uh, just as far as like events or any kind of, you know, bigger plans for Necromancer coming up in the future, is, is anything that you want to announce or talk about? Oh, oh yeah. So we've got, uh, uh, in two weeks, we have Oktoberfest. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think the Saturday is sold out. Mm-hmm. We have, like, we're doing it in sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, the Friday still has tickets. I recommend coming. It should be fun. Um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the Oktoberfest. I think it's going to be good. Um, so that's going to be a big thing after that. 
We are doing the Brave Noise beer collab. I don't know if you guys know about that. No. What is so that? So it's a whole, um, whole big story about, you guys know Rat Magnet and the yes. whole discrimination thing. Mm-hmm. This is her project. Oh, okay. To okay. keep right. the ball rolling. So it's to, you, you put your code of conduct and say that, you know, this is important for you as your brewery and kind of make it public that, you know, we're not going to stand for that. And then we donate uh, proceeds of the beer. So we're going to have a big release party leave October 8th during Three Rivers Beer Week. Oh, okay. okay. So we'll have DJ Formosa here and raise money. We're, we're going to uh, donate to Persad Center. Uh, so Excellent. that'll be a good time. And then Halloween weekend is going to be our Schwartz Tag, which we're releasing to Schwartz Beer. Schwartz Tag means Schwartz Day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I like Schwartz Beer. <laughs> so I decided we have a whole day for it. Hooray. <laughs> Schwartz Tag. Um, Schwartz Beer. Uh, so we're going to release the Schwartz and then there's going to be some Halloween stuff. I think we're mm. going to have a DJ for that, maybe a dance party, costume co- contests. Um, so yeah, those are the things we have lined up so far. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we have the whole, I mean, you guys saw the space, it's huge. So <laughs> we have a bunch of space and we want to kind of get people in here and have a good time. So yeah, that's it. And plus... Oktoberfest, you kind of have to do because it rocks. Right. True. Let's have <laughs> True statement. Pretzels, let's drink beer. It's great. Uh, <laughs> we have an accordion player for that Ooh. thing. Oh, yeah. It's going to yeah. be a Oompa Loompa good time. Uh, and then everybody likes Halloween parties, and I really like Schwartz beer. It just so happens that it's all going to get released at the same time. And I was like, Schwartz tag. <laughs> yes. For me, it's, it's, it's a day to drink Schwartz beer. For everyone else, it's going to be like, I'm going to get dressed up for Halloween. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's great. But Schwartz tag. Um, and then the Brave Noise project is just, I mean, it's, Good cause, mm-hmm. good good feels. So yeah, right awesome. on. Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure we'll get more into this in segment two. But you obviously have a little bit of a pedigree with uh, working Oktoberfest friendly breweries. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get into that more. Yeah. But <laughs> before we do that, I think it's uh, it's. About time for us to get back to this yeah. ESB, which there is a slight problem. They're Uh-oh. all gone. It's all gone. Hey, all gone. Yeah, it's all, all gone. gone. We, so, that was an easy, easy mission accomplished. It was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No complaints on this microphone at all. No, Sweet. no, not at all. It's, a, it's super smooth drinking, super balanced, has that nice bitterness and dryness at the end. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it would really go well with some kind of food. It's so nice to have something that isn't just a, a haze bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we make those, too. It's, <laughs> we're, we're, we're still on the Spicy Boy Summer Revenge Tour. 2021. Right. But we're, we're easing into cooler weather. It's been raining a bit. Yeah. A lot of bit for some people, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, yeah, it's been, you know, raining, a little cool, a little chilling down. So, yeah, the, these not so much dark, but, you know, medium, medium yes. body. Yeah. This, this would be a good beer for the early evening near the campfire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Before you start getting into uh, the colder weather where you start getting into your stouts. And whiskey. Yeah. And whiskey. And whiskey. Just, yeah, and just yeah at that whiskey. point, it's just yeah. like, let's just drink whiskey. That's what January is. Rauk <laughs> beer and whiskey. <laughs> what, are you, what are you making at, in Necromancer in, in January? Whiskey. <laughs> We're making whiskey. <laughs> Not actually, but that's, that's going to be my mood. <laughs> We're a distillery. Don't. <laughs> Does anyone have any scotch? <laughs> this is barley wine as close as it can get to not being called bourbon. <laughs> Ice block, damn it. <laughs> We're here to toe the line. <laughs> Uh, before we do that, I say we take a break. Yup. Get uh, get another beer up and running. Come sure. back for segment two. We'll talk more beer. Can do. We'll be right back. 
First Sip Brew Box is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are here live to tape, even though we don't have tape. This is all digital now because we're in the future. We are here at Necromancer Brewing here in the North Hills right off of Babcock Boulevard. I'm here. Steve's here. Lauren's here. Beer's here. Hurrah. I like it. It's a wonderful combination. Yes. Uh, with that, though, Lauren, why don't you please introduce your next beer? Uh, yeah, this is, it's called White Knuckle. It's a Belgian IPA. Uh, it's actually a recipe. Well, play on a recipe. It's not completely like the recipe I made, but I actually, when I first moved to Pittsburgh, I think I was here for like three or four months. Uh, I was working at the Symphony and there was a trash homebrew competition. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to enter this homebrew competition and see what it's like. So I made this beer. Um, and I fucking won. <laughs> <laughs> I won the, the IPA category. And I remember, like, I made the beer. And it was a buddy of mine had come over. And I was like, yeah, I'll show you how to homebrew. Let's make this beer. It'll be super fun. We're going to enter in competition see what happens. Whatever. You're fine. Um, and then we go to this thing because I kind of wanted to check out the homebrew club mm-hmm. just to see. I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Um, and I remember they had all the the beers that people sent so you could to, you could drink them. So, mm-hmm. of course, I was making my way through the IPA yeah. category because I was like, who's my competition? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I, I drank one and I was like, oh, fuck, that's good. And then I was like, oh, shit, is that mine? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, the, you know, I was the dumbass that they called my name to win the thing. And I was like, fuck yeah. And like, I stood up. I was like, this is amazing. And everybody's looking at me like I'm out of my fucking mind. Like, who is this girl who just, we don't, we've never seen this woman in her life. And she also wins the thing. And then she's screaming. And I was like, yes. You know, and I was like, I have a medal. Um, anyways, that's the story behind this beer. So of course, when Ben was like, let's make a Belgian IPA. I was like, I have just a recipe. Um, so this is a play on that. Uh, I like it. It's, I mean, I've always liked Belgian IPAs. I feel like they're one of those styles that you can't really find anymore. You can find white IPAs, which are not to be confused with Belgian IPAs. White IPAs are more like a Belgian wit IPA. Mm-hmm. Belgian IPAs are straight up just Belgian-y and IPA. And the fun thing with this is like trying to figure out what yeast is going to play happy with the hops because mm-hmm. they're Hops that don't play happy with Belgian yeast. There's certain types of Belgian yeast, depending on the, the esters, that do not play with hops. And it's kind of finding that balance. And then how much bitterness, how much aroma to kind of... Because there's a lot of shit going on. Um, but yeah, I like it. I've, I've always liked Belgian IPAs. Stone always made a good one. Um, yeah. I brew it because I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's... And then everybody good. who doesn't know who I am, who was sitting in that hall mm-hmm. for the trash home. Brew. I don't know what year it was. Is like, oh, that girl. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. This is my beer again. Hey. A lot of people are getting flashbacks. Yeah, they're like, oh, that girl went nuts because she won. She's just standing up screaming. Uh, I was pretty excited. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, right on. 
uh, looking at it, it has a really nice, tight, like, head to it. It does. Like, the head retention is great because it, it's just super tight and laces really well in the glass. Mm-hmm. And then trying to look through it is not opaque, but it is way, way hazy and way cloudy. It is. It is. It, I mean, it does kind of have a, a, a wit, not quite a heffy kind of a look to it. Mm. Mm, so, yeah. I mean, it's kind of supposed to. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. on the nose, guess what? Hoppy. It's hoppy. <laughs> yeah. It is hoppy. Yeah, I think it's uh, mostly pills. And there's some Vienna in there. Mm-hmm. And just a wee bit of biscuit. Right. Belgian, of course. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, uh, what, kind of, what kind of hops are in it, though? It's mosaic and citra. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, the yeast I use off the top of my head is the... It's just the White Labs Belgian one, um, which leans more fruity, peppery, mm-hmm. which for me always plays better with citrusy hops. Um, you don't want to get too much berry and too much of that, like, funk. Right. Because otherwise, they yeah. ain't happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say, tasting it, it's really smooth, and that's not as much hop. Uh, on the flavor that I like was expecting, like it's it's way hoppier on the nose, mm-hmm. but like to taste it, it's really really balanced and it is I, it is very well balanced. And, and the other thing is, if you're trying to get somebody to go to the hoppy side, trying to nudge them in that direction, this is a good beer to to hand to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of the beers that we make that are in the, like the hoppy like bitter hoppy tradition, mm-hmm. we try to do a little less just to make sure that most consumers are going to like it because i yeah. mean if you go to you know 2009 hoppy beers most people are going to be like whoa yeah. um believe it or not there is six it's 60 ibus is it really it is Damn. um but i think part of the 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 belgian yeast tester kind of masks that mm-hmm. a little bit um so was there was there any dry hopping done with this oh yeah okay Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had yes. a hunch. <laughs> yep. It's Citra and Mosaic. Why wouldn't you dry hop with them? <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Um, but yeah, it, like as I continue to drink it, I get a little bit more of a residual like bitterness buildup on the back end. But oh, then it's there. Oh, yeah. I'm getting on the burp ups. I'm getting kind of that fruitiness from mm-hmm. the from the Belgian yeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I bet you the judges at the Great American Beer Fest don't judge on burp ups. I don't I wish know if they, they did, do not. man. <laughs> right? Should, right? That's part of the experience. It's part of the experience. And sometimes I've had a beer and I burp and I'm like, mm, that was good. Mm-hmm. It's better. It's <laughs> yeah. better. It's better coming back. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You get to enjoy it twice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That uh, I enjoy that. Uh, but I'm not the one to ask to <laughs> if I enjoy Belgians <laughs> and IPAs. Of course I do, Adam. <laughs> I feel that spotlight feeling and getting yeah. warmer and warmer by the second here. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't suck. Okay. It doesn't hey. suck. <laughs> no, I, I like that it does have that, that balance to it. Uh, for the hop heads, this is definitely something that you would enjoy. You would not be disappointed by it, especially with having that. It does have a little bit of that hop residue. It's got that, you know, the, the hop coating, you know. Sticky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it is good on that front. And like I said, if it's something that you're trying to push somebody in that direction, use this beer. Mm-hmm. Only if they like Belgians, though. Right. Yeah. Well, if they don't like Belgians, they can just get the <laughs> hell out. <laughs> get out. 
I don't know if you said what the ABV was on this, but oh, it's seven. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> then my the point I was about to make just makes no fucking sense. We'll say it anyway. I, I will because <laughs> what I was going to say is this drinks so light that it, like this is what I wish most most session IPAs were. That's a good point because like most session IPAs, I find usually somewhat lacking in like body mm-hmm. and like this maintains maltiness and it maintains like that extra flavor that you get from the Belgian yeast. Mm-hmm. I wish more session IPAs were like this because even though the hop flavor isn't like socky in the mouth, you know, you still have like a lot of other flavors at play as well. But it's 7%, so... Hey, any beer is a session beer if you believe in yourself. Well, it's a session beer for me. It's not for everybody. <laughs> Lauren, you already brought it up. You have a homebrew history. Mm-hmm. And I know that you were featured even on the Viceland, uh, you know, brewing show when it came through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. no. <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about that experience, yeah, we can, you can. We, we can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've homebrewed... Before I started professionally, I was home brewing. I think it was like 12, I don't know how many years, 12 to 15 years before I started brewing professionally. Um, when Viceland came around, I wanted to brew professionally. Mm-hmm. I saw it as a, a way to kind of get my, you know, get myself out there. Um, I actually, I don't remember who it was. Somebody actually was like, they had asked, I guess people around town, do you know any homebrewers that might be interested? And then somebody threw my name in a hat, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I want to brew. Let's do this. Um, it was an interesting experience. Uh, for a while afterwards, like, people would recognize me and be like, where do I know you from? I'm like, you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for someone, I'm not a very, like, want to be out there person. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to recognize me on the street. And mm-hmm. so, like, for 100 people to be like, hey, you were on that show, and I'm like, no, no, not me. <laughs> I'm good. Um, that was a little bit interesting. It's kind of interesting to see how TV works because uh, you can see, like, they bring the whole camera crew, and then, you know, a lot of it is, you know, they want things to look good for a shot. So you're mm-hmm. like doing things a hundred times, like pouring grain into a mash a hundred times. Um, but it was fun. You know, it was mm-hmm. an experience. Say, did were you able to dictate the recipe, or did they dictate that? No, back you were to able. You? You're able to dictate the recipe. So okay. It's really weird. Like, they call you, and they're like, all right, you're interested, fine, let's call you. And they're like, all right, we're going to call you. This is what it's going to kind of be like. And then you have to have a video chat. So I guess mm. they have to, like, make sure that you have, like, a TV face or something. Uh, so we did that, and then they, like, video record that and send it to a bunch of producers where they ask you, like, homebrewing, what do you think about making? And then after that, you have another, like, video chat. And then after that, they tell you if you're on the show. Mm. Oh. <laughs> it was would, a lot of interviewing and then, they, and then they, they showed up they show up and they're like we're here have all your brewing stuff ready to go like have your water boiling I'm like my water's not supposed to be boiling for a mash and like have your water boiling I'm like okay <laughs> um, you don't know anything do they're you? like we want the steam and I'm like it's fucking 20 degrees all the time you're gonna have steam no matter what um, <laughs> and it was just yeah anyways and what was funny is um, they I I have a mill at home that I would use like a, one of those barley crushers with a drill. They're filming me mm-hmm. and the fucking drill is blowing up. Like it's just frying. It up. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shit, I gotta get it. Like go my neighbors and I get a backup <laughs> drill. <I'm> like, <laughs> to, it was, you know, it was interesting. Um, and the glory of TV, uh, you know, 
My dog fucking loved them. She was just like, she was the one that should have been on TV. Like Mm. she saw those cameras and like jumped outside, sat down, was like, I am am a dog. I'm very cute. Look at me. Don't worry about her. She's not doing anything important. No, but look at me. And she was just like splaying it out and be like, I'm so cute. And I was like, dog. Um, this is good b-roll for you oh they totally got b-roll because there's me they're like oh we want the dog in the shot and i was like all right and they're like here get a beer and take a big drink of it and have her sit on your steps with you and like give you a kiss and i was like hey mom give me a kiss which she she does Mm -hmm. i'm drinking a beer and it's like all in slow motion and (laughs) And my dog is just eating it up and i could just tell she was like look at all these people they're here for me Um, (laughs) no it was a cool experience um you know, and then we, we went to Rock Bottom and had the Pinkley Sprue Day because they want to do that. And then they were like, they, they sprung it at me at the end. They're like, oh, Meg, who is the the host, wants to try your beer there, bring mm-hmm. a keg. And I was like, she wants to do what? And then, and then everybody, we'll get B-roll of everybody trying your beer. And I was like, e- everyone? <laughs> I was like, fuck, man, give me a break. So I'm like sitting there trying to pour the beer. My hands are shaking. I'm pretty sure if you watched and you look close enough, on the show, you can see my handshake. I'm so nervous. Oh, I'm, no. like, I'm like trying to pour this keg. I'm like, everybody here at the glass. <laughs> Meanwhile, the only thing I'm thinking is like, can I have more beer, please, so I can calm the fuck down. Um, but no, it was great. It was right. fun. Uh, it was it was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was, it, they're very generous. <laughs> they came and like they had the thing. Like, all right, we did the show, and they just come with like a case of like refrigerated beer and swag. And I was like, oh my god, what the fuck am I gonna do with all this? <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was fun. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, uh, just to jump back though, you said you had been homebrewing for you know ten, eleven, twelve years. Like, what actually got you interested in homebrewing to begin with? Oh gosh, uh, funny story. Um, so my best friend, I have a couple best friends that got me into beer and into brewing. Uh, one of them uh, was my best friend in college, and we he was the one that kind of introduced me to craft beer like I was sitting around drinking Bud Light and mm-hmm. he was like try this gumball head and oh, I was like I don't, okay. I don't know I don't know what, what the fuck is that and he was like no try the try the gumball head and I tried it and I was like ugh um that's hoppy and he was like yeah and like but I didn't hate it <laughs> so I kind of liked it and then like as I drank it I was like this is actually really good uh and then we I lived like two blocks from this uh it was like a fancy grocery store slash they had a bunch of beer in there. Mm-hmm. They had everything. They had Belgian beers. They had three Floyds. They had all this stuff. Um, and we would just go and try different beers. And so one day, like a couple of years later, he's like, you know, you can make this, right? And I was like, what do you mean you can make beer? I was like, don't you need like stuff? Like how is beer even made? Don't they like inject alcohol? He's like, no, it's yeast. And I was like, like bread? And then he was like, yeah. And then we started talking about it. And immediately I run my ass to the, the homebrew shop, get a homebrew kit. And I'm like, I'm going to make beer. <laughs> uh, and then I just started homebrewing. Uh, and then, you know, a couple months later, my other buddy, who is a very dear friend, he was a very avid homebrewer. And I was looking for a roommate and we did the whole like Craigslist interview thing. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because she's my girlfriend at the time, but my wife and my roommate, we, we were interviewing this guy. This guy comes up looking like a homeless man, okay? He hadn't shaved for weeks. <laughs> I love him. He's the best. And he shows up and he start, we, start, we start hitting off about 
homebrewing and beer. And I was like, this guy has to move in. And he's like, yeah, I brewed at Bell's for a bit. And I was like, you did what? I was like, this guy has to move in. I remember like after the interview, everybody's like, well, might see. I was like, might see. He is moving in. And then that's when the homebrewing really stepped up because he really knew his shit. I didn't know as much. Mm-hmm. Really started brewing and, you know, he had brewed professionally. So you know, got all those tidbits, and then we were we were brewing like every weekend. We had like a four tap kegerator that we. Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, we were just brewing, uh, and then when I moved to Indy uh, with my wife, and I was looking for something to do, Sun King was there, and I was like, "Oh man, fuck! I could work at a brewery. I know how to. I know how to do this." Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I was like, "I could work at a brewery." So I ended up volunteer. They did the whole volunteer. It was way back when, when you can, when you can, like, if you really, everybody wanted to work at a brewery. So they were like, "Okay, volunteer and show us you really want to work here." Mm-hmm. Like, we're gonna just rub your nose in it a bit, and you're like, "No, I really want to." I was one of those geeks, and uh, I got a job there, and that's when I was like, "I want to do this." Uh, the only thing that stopped me from doing that is I actually got a job <laughs> with what my degree is in, um, which is in music. I got a job to teach at Indiana University, uh, Purdue University, Indianapolis, Ooh. and to be the assistant chair of the music department there. Couldn't really turn that down after getting all these degrees in music. So I was really bummed out. I was, I was devastated. <laughs> I literally cried. Oh, no. I remember talking to my buddy Sean who was working with me that night, and I was like, I have to quit. No. I was so upset. And he was like, why are you upset? You're going to get a real job. And I was like, it's not a real job. <laughs> uh, so I did that for a while, which is actually what made me move to Pittsburgh because uh, I got a job at the Symphony, oh, okay. uh, managing the pops and, and some of the classical programs uh, for a bit. And I wasn't happy with it. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And it was my wife that was like, just fucking go. <laughs> she didn't say it like that. She was like, why don't you try and work and be a brewer again. You really wanted to do that. Like you mm-hmm, gave it up. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I quit my job at symphony and the rest is history. Worked my way up and awesome. Boom. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And I, now I work at Necromancer. So. <laughs> we, we've heard that story a couple of times of like some, just, you know, people following what they wanted to do sort of. Yeah. But then transferring to brewing mm-hmm. and then also just, it's nice having like a supportive spouse that like lets you go oh, yeah. run she your... Is, <laughs> that nudge. She yeah. is the bee's knees. Honestly, I, I, I would not be the person that I am today if shit wasn't for her. And it wasn't, it, I remember just being in the kitchen and she was just like, why don't you just, you were so happy. When you were <laughs> She's like, why don't you just go do that again? And I was like, really? You want me to quit this like fancy, I wouldn't say fancy, but like, Good job yeah. right. that I worked my entire life to get <laughs> to go do this thing that was a hobby that I really like. And she's like, no, do it. And then I did it. And I'm, I'm yeah, I would not have changed anything. I, yeah. I love being a brewer. I love being able to do this every day. It's great. Right on. And so kind of within your history of Pittsburgh, you, I believe you started as an assistant brewer or at least helping out at Rock Bottom mm-hmm. with uh, Meg. Yep, down there. I was an assistant. She hired me as an assistant brewer pretty pretty soon after the whole Beerland thing, and actually applied. Oh. Uh, during Beerland, well, it's like right before Beerland, and I mm. she needed an assistant, and I was like, please hire me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I worked at Rock Bottom for a little over a year, and it was great. It, you know, I people will say what they will about Rock Bottom, but for as a brewer, it is a great place to learn the ropes, mm-hmm. get your feet wet understand the equipment 
understand old equipment. It <laughs> 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 can also be said for pen. Um, I have all new equipment. It doesn't change. You think it'll change, and you're like, I have all new equipment. Nothing will break. And <laughs> nope. No, it's all the same. It doesn't matter if it's 20 years old or four months old. Um, no, it was a great place to, to, to learn how to do things. I mean, that was shit, man. I, that was like a fucking, again, just a, somebody shot a gun. It was go. I think I was brewing there, learning to brew within the first week or two. She had me learning to brew. I was learning everything. And it was just like, <sighs> like I said, you think, you know, when you're a home brewer, you don't. <laughs> There's so much shit. Um, which is great. It, it was great. And then, yeah, I worked there for a little over a year, and then I got the job at Penn. Penn was awesome. It it really taught me how to do loggers. Mm-hmm. I mean, ev- everything they do is decoction. Mm-hmm. We did decoction on the Hefeweizen. <laughs> we did a double decoction on the Hefeweizen. I remember just all of us standing around being like, why are we doing this? Um <laughs> With a two-hour boil, I was like, for a fucking wheat beer, man? Are you serious? Um, it's the way we do it. It's the way it's been done. It's the way it is done. Um, no, but, it, you know, like learning how decoction works and why you're doing all those steps. Because when you're doing single infusion, when you're doing homebrew, if you haven't done decoction, mm-hmm. you don't really understand it as much. You're like, yeah, you do these things, and Heatsent does some stuff, but like to like really do it and understand it and look at recipes and do those over and over and over again uh, and to understand lagering and why we do that. Um, like, I kind of understood lagering when I worked at Rock Bottom. You're like, mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. But like having it lager in lager tanks, and why do we do this, and what is this funding valve, and yeah. Um, it was great. I, both places taught me tons of things that I had not known before and yeah i mean the the system at pin is insane to think that that was built in the 80s <laughs> i mean it's a it's a you know two vessel decoction with everything that you would need everything that comes on a brewer house nowadays mm-hmm. um and so yeah. for 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 our listeners for clarification's sake what is deto- decoction okay here we go so decoction <laughs> mashing is all right so hopefully everybody who listens to this kind of understands what a mash is or else we're going to be spending like an hour of me talking a bunch of science yeah, I, I think we can get them there but yeah it's definitely like all right so you mix grains in <laughs> warm water and what that does is the grain that's been malted has a bunch of starch in it you want to convert that starch to sugar so that the yeast will eat it and make alcohol. Yeast mm. like sugar, they make alcohol. Brewers mix the, the hot water, activates the enzymes in the malt, mm-hmm. which then create that reaction right. to change starch from sugar. There's, for decoction mashing, what you're doing is you're heating up portions of the grain to do a couple different things. Okay. So at Penn, we did a couple different things. We would, we would mash in. Everything's going to be in Celsius. I'm sorry because you know, <laughs> that's right. Talk about a crazy system. The whole brew system on the brew house on the hot side was in German. Everything was in Celsius. <laughs> Everything was in Celsius in kilograms. Then you go to the to this cold side for fermentation. Everything was in barrels in Fahrenheit. Oh, jeez. And, like, <laughs> um, and the the brew panel, the the brew house panel was in German. I had to fucking learn German to do this. That's just mean. So everything's in Celsius. I could like get my calculator and and, and I can tell you like guesstimates of where they are. But like we would mash in at like 45 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. What that's going to do is your protein rest. It's going to, it gets your pH kind of, everybody, mash pH is important. Mm -hmm. You want it to be right. Uh, It gets your pH kind of ready and it also starts to break down some of those proteins in the malt. Then you'll raise it up 
and we would actually raise the whole mash temperature up. We had one of those fancy things that would raise the whole mash up um, to about usually around 62 mm -hmm. uh, Celsius. And what that's going to do, that's your beta amylase. I'm getting science here, guys. That's all right. Really that's sorry. all right. Beta amylase is one of the enzymes that converts uh, starches to sugar. It actually does the, the beta amylase kind of cuts your big, uh, your complex carbohydrate chains in half, okay. essentially. Okay. Chaps, it's the big cutter. Mm -hmm. All right. So you want to do that. Then what we would do is we would separate most of the grain and just put it in the, in the louder tun. Okay. Let that, let that guy sit. Mm -hmm. He's going to do its thing. And then you take the other portion of the grain, and this is a single decoction, double decoction, you do a couple of these steps twice. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll raise it up to, to usually eh, 72, 74 degrees Celsius, and that's your alpha amylase. Okay. Alpha amylase. 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you, subtitle Steve. Alpha yes. amylase, what that's going to do is it, it kind of chomps little bits okay. of the chain, so it's breaking down your 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 chain into smaller sugars. Okay. Those smaller sugars are easier for the yeast to eat and then turn into alcohol. Um, we'll do that. Then what we'll do is we actually do what's called a cook. We'll actually boil the grain. We raise it to 212 Fahrenheit, guys, not Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> Changing on us again. Sorry, this is the way my brain works. 100 um, Celsius. Yeah, so you, we, we do it 100 Celsius or, or, and we would cook it uh, with the paddles going, and what that's going to do, that gets your Maillard reactions. Maillard reactions are the same thing when you toast bread. Mm -hmm. It's like that caramelly, kind of umami, dark caramel sweet mm -hmm. flavor. Get that out of the grain, and then we would toss all that hot grain into the lard ton with the grain that was sitting there, and what that does is that raises the temperature of the entire grain to your mash-out temp, so it stops all those conversions. Okay. Then you're ready to do the rest of this stuff. Decoction. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those that were listening, uh, in case you didn't notice, that question wasn't for you, listener. That was for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that got real, real technical and sciencey really quick. Um, so, were you listening to last week's episode when decoction came up probably two or three times? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, like learning that at Penn and like understanding it to the degree that I know now, mm -hmm. I would have never been able to tell you that before. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it gives you a new appreciation for how loggers are made and how they used to be made. Mm -hmm. yeah. they're, they're a whole different beast. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for reference, Adam, there's a reason why we never do that on the turkey burner system. <laughs> we need more pots and we need more. <laughs> oh, God, that would suck. That's, a, that's the reason I never did it as a home brewer. I would yeah. be like, it'll be fine. Just put some yeast in it. <laughs> it's being handed out to friends anyway. Right. Yeah, it's all right. We don't need all of that. We were, we were talking to some home brewers uh, last week who, like, they do have the setup. They mm -hmm. have, like, the double electric. Nice. So they can pull out, uh, mm -hmm. pull out a basket and then put the basket back in. So they maintain kind of what they got as a mash runoff, and then they can boil it and get that second decoction. That's dope. Kind of going. So yeah. And we also talked to the head brewer, Chris from Penn. So, oh, dude, he yeah. is the best. Yeah. So he's, he, I believe he brought up decoction a couple times, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> just wondering dude. if that's what. Had you all confused, Adam. <laughs> you saw an opportunity. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, with something like that, I need it explained to me like three times mm -hmm. before it finally sticks. Yeah. 
I'll admit that. Yeah, there's a, there's a uh, there's good videos, of course. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's where I learned it from. <laughs> I, I had been reading it enough times, like <laughs> doing research for the show, that I went on YouTube and I'm like, what the hell is this? And it's like, oh, it's just extra steps. <laughs> yeah. Not Which a lot of brewers would say are not needed. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're on a five-gallon turkey burner system. If you're on right. a five-gallon, yeah, don't do it. Um, just a preface. This, a lot of loggers, they did this because the malts were not as modified as they mm, were now. Okay. I would stand to say, though, the, I think, and this is my own personal opinion, I don't know what any other brewer thinks, I do think that the cooking of the grain to get those Maillard reactions, that is important. Mm. I think, you know, the, the loggers we made at Penn, there was a certain oomph about little them. little about it. Uh, that is hard to get on a single infusion system. And I think it must be, uh, well, my brain was like, it has to be the cooking of the grain. <laughs> what makes it different? Um, I mean, caramelized onions are better than regular onions. No, so. <laughs> You're on to yeah. something here, Steve. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to roll back a little bit, uh, from, from both the homebrewing side and from the professional side, uh, recipes, recipe creation on the homebrew side and on the professional side what were the two recipes that you created first and foremost that kind of made you say hey i know what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) oh shit um honestly i don't know if i've ever thought to myself i know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. i think it's a constant like um just keep trying thing. I mean, even with the recipes we have now and the beers we've made, I, I'm constantly like, all right, I like that, but uh, what can we do? Um, and it was the same with homebrewing. I think the, I made a porter that won a bunch of awards in homebrewing and I was like, okay, we're going to put you in this little folder right here. <laughs> You're okay. The rest of you, we need to figure this out. Um, Shape up. <laughs> as far as professional brewing, gosh, man, that's tough. The Black IPA is the one beer I've made on a professional level. Not, not the one beer. I mean, I made a couple that I'm like, no, oh, it's not bad. It doesn't suck. I'm going to say, um, from the ones that we've drank, they don't suck. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't suck. But, like, the one that I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah, uh, is, is probably the Black IPA, which I should give you guys a taste of the, the new version. We, we Ooh, I re- obviously revamped. Mm-hmm. Um, not too much, just made some tweaks. But, like, that is the beer that I went out with the goal, and I'm like, I want it to taste like this and do this. And I made it, and it did pretty much hit all the, the checkboxes of I wanted, what I wanted mm-hmm. as a brewer. Um, and I, I love black IPAs, and I love them when, I, when they're like the black IPAs that I like. <laughs> <laughs> so when, it, when I drank it, and then I drank it the first time, I was like, mm, okay. You're, you're, you're going to go in this folder with this porter <laughs> that I made when I was home brewing. You, can, you just go right there. <laughs> It's a wolf uh, pack of two. We, <laughs> I mean, we had a little bit of a black IPA resurgence early in the summer. I know. I know, because you wouldn't stop talking about it. Yes. Because <laughs> I love black IPAs. It's the only beer I've won a medal on. <laughs> They're great. Which I think, Lauren, you actually might have judged at the North Hills Home Brew Fest. A couple was it years when ago. I worked at Penn? Yeah, yeah. Then I probably did. It was like two years ago. Then so, I probably liked it. Yeah, so because I'm real picky about my black. <laughs> well, then you, I, I, there was probably only like two. I think. 
It doesn't matter. I, I beat one. <laughs> this year, I couldn't beat two other people in the smoked beer category. That's Well, that's because you got thrown into the juggernaut category. I know. I didn't there know. There was that many smoked beers? There were three smoked beers. And oh, wow. uh, one was from Adam Bashline. Mm. And yeah, see. Uh, Grand <laughs> Champion. Yeah, Grand Champion. Grand Champion. Adam Bashline. He took, he took home like everything with his smoked Poblano beer. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, it was good. He literally good. smoked me, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I thought I was safe bringing a smoked tea beer. You know, it wasn't. No. I mean, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. I no. would like to try it. Yeah, the, we could still make that happen. We okay. Happen. Yeah, bring me some beers, yeah, yeah. man. Okay. But um, what what the hell was I talking about? I don't know. Black yeah. IPAs. Black IPA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Black IPA. So we had Necromancer, we had Grist House, and we had Hitchhiker. Yes. All come out within a couple of weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the the Necromancer one I really like because yours is a lot smoother and it's a lot less reliant on being like a harsh IPA, mm-hmm. which I mean, I like that. I also really like the Grist House one because it is that harsh, just bitter, almost coffee like <laughs> almost an angry beer. Yeah, it's almost coffee like and without using coffee, which mm-hmm. is what I really like out of black IPAs. So, yeah, those two were on the tops of my lists when they came out. I was happy. Because <laughs> you don't see black IPAs too much anymore. No, you don't. Aside don't. from uh, Cobble House is yeah. the only other one that really That's their one. Black Bear? Yes. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that one, too. <laughs> they need to come back. Yeah. But that's what Necromancer's for. Resurrection of the Black Beaters. IPAs, damn it. <laughs> so... Another, uh, another thing you're uh, a part of, though, Lauren, and it, it's kind of appropriate, when we walked in the door, uh, you were having a little meeting with uh, Happy Hour, the professional <laughs> <Yes>. wrestler. <laughs> but uh, both of you are on the Pittsburgh Diversity Council, and Necromancer was part of the first She Knows Beer release mm-hmm. uh, in partnership with Trace. Yep. So uh, I know just recently Dancing Gnome put out another version of She mm-hmm. Knows Beer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk about that and... Uh, do you know what the next one might be? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for those of you that don't know, She Knows Beer is a collab that the Diversity Council is putting on with various breweries, uh, and it's to highlight women that work within the organization uh, by having them help brew a beer. And then the proceeds we ask go to an organization that benefits uh, underrepresented people. Uh, for the one that we did with... The, the thing that happened with Trace is we had just opened... Uh, and I was like, I don't have the bandwidth. <laughs> and it, I was like, I'm not going to be able to fit this in my production schedule because we were trying to get off the ground. And Trace was like, oh, well, why don't we just do a collab and a collab? And I was like, well, that's awfully nice. <laughs> the guys at Trace are totally awesome. Yeah, agreed. Plug. Fully agreed. Um, but, uh, and they were like, yeah, we'll do it with you. And we'll just like do a collab collab. And I was like, oh, that's fucking great. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and we donated to Sisters PGH. We had a big release party. It was great. There was a great turnout. It was it was awesome. Um, and then Dancing Gnome just came out with theirs, which is a red ale, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think the next one is going to be Mindful. That's going to put one out. Oh, oh right on. Uh, okay. What month is it? I'm sorry. Wait, right now? Or? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm like, is it August? Is it September? October, I think, is when they're coming out. October, okay. November. Um, but yeah, I think it's going really well. I mean, that was our kind of our first kind of foray out into the world as a diversity council and um it kind of the collab with trace kind of worked out because um we're doing the brave noise beer project but right when all that stuff kind of happened was when we released it so the timing couldn't we didn't plan for that but the timing couldn't have been better um i think we're planning to have breweries lined up through the end of 2022 
to have oh, wow. uh, yeah to have collabs with that. So it's great. I think it's awesome. It's great to see breweries step up and kind of mm-hmm. help out for mm. the cause and you know showcase women in the industry. And I love that it's something that it's continuing on. That mm-hmm. it's not just a one off. Right. No, we wanted it to, to be a thing where we could just get as many breweries that wanted to sign up Mm -hmm. as possible, uh, get the awareness out there and then donate to as many as organizations, donate to as many organizations as we can. Um, yeah, it's great. And yeah, Adam and I were chatting, just having a little Mm -hmm. university council chat. (laughs) Um, yeah, we got some, some stuff we're thinking about doing in the future and I think it's going to be great. It's, it's a great organization. I'm just, I can't be happier and more proud to be a part of it. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Stay on the lookout. Uh, obviously, they have a bunch of social media. PGH Diversity Council, Brewery Diversity Council on Instagram, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. So check. I know that's kind of the main page to go to. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, stay on the lookout for stuff coming from them. In the meantime, though, let's come back to the Belgian IPA. I drink it. Can't do it. All gone. <laughs> All gone. <laughs> All gone. Mine's empty too. Yeah. So, so that's how I good it is. I guess it can't be that bad. Yeah. You no. Drink no. It. no. Yeah. And I'll actually be the first to talk about this was I thought it got better at the further I got into it. Hey, yo. I, I appreciated it uh, the more I drank it. Nice. Kind of once you got that, that hop code and going, mm-hmm. you know, you could drink it more. And yeah. It's good beer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That hop. That hop didn't really like get exponentially more residual and sticky not. and dank. Mm-hmm. You know. No, it, it kind of. Yeah. Just maintained. Yeah. It's a nice baseline of like, hey, it, I'm more than a Belgian, so yeah. <laughs> be ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Otherwise, uh, super drinkable. It goes well with any kind of food. I think. Yeah. I'd be into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always remember, listener, when we're doing shows on the road, we probably haven't eaten dinner yet. So we're always going to be thinking about food. Always thinking about food when we do this. Yes, we are. But no, bottom line, good beer. Yeah. Yep. Cheers. So no surprises so far, but we'll see what happens in segment three, and we'll see what kind of beer Lauren has prepared for us for then. Ooh. It's going to be good. Let's I'm, try, I'm trying don't. to make it. Hold on. I'm trying to make it sound spookier because we're in September and we're at Necromancer. Don't make it spooky. Oh, oh <laughs> we're okay. There. Soon. 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 <laughs> be right back. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm John. And we host the Beard Owl Podcast the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest things in the world, beer and Weird Al. And a bunch of other stuff. That's right. Do you like nostalgia? Do you like sibling banter? Do you like beer? Do you like Weird Al? Are you human? If you answered yes to any of those questions, give us a listen. Become one of our loyal commenters. Welcome back, everybody. Well, I really, it's just you because there's only one listener, I assume, that you're at work, listening on your headphones, <laughs> or in your car. Hopefully, we're brightening your day, whether it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end. I want group listens to be a thing. <laughs> right? Like an old-timey radio? Yeah. Everybody sit around, you know? Everybody gathers around. <laughs> I'll get sponsored by old teen. I don't give a shit. <laughs> a crummy commercial? Yeah, we'll do that for the right amount of money. Guess what? Still at Necromancer. Guess what? Still drinking good beer. Guess what? Time to try another one. Yes. 
Lauren, would you like to describe this next beer that is coming to us? For sure. That was a um, lot more formal than I anticipated. It's very, it was very formal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is a stick beer. Uh, stick beer, it's one of our resurrections. Pretty much a stick beer is kind of like a double alt beer. So the brewers would make it for them, mm-hmm. uh, and it would be a little bit, obviously, more boozy, um, and then a little bit hoppier uh, as well. So, yeah, I like it. It's For me, it's like an, an alt on speed. Hmm. Um, I'm pretty down with alt beers. They're pretty good. This one's a lot maltier, a lot hoppier. Uh, we're closer to 6% on this sucker, so... Nice. A little so, boozier. I mean, not too boozy that you right. can't like hang out at a bunch of brewers and at a party and right. get wasted and make a fool out of yourself. But still, <laughs> none boozier. of us have ever done that before. <laughs> boozier than your your run of the mill alt beer. Um, yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, I had never brewed an, uh, a stick beer before. Okay. I had made an alt beer before. Never brewed a stick beer before. As with many of these resurrections, it's just kind of like, you know. Throw the stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. <laughs> this one, it stuck. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good beer. I'd drink it. Um, that's that's usually how I know if I like it. I'm like, ah, oh, I drink it. I'm like, all right, doesn't suck. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay putting this out. <laughs> and taking a look at it's a pretty beer. It is a very pretty. Yeah, beer. it's like a rubyish brown hue. It is, and it's got a nice, nice white uh, head on it. Uh, some decent lacing on it as you go down, because by the way, I've started drinking this one already. Yes, because <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. Right. It's a good, uh, a good fall beer. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Like, sitting around a campfire with a couple of these, I'd be, I'd be down. Mm-hmm. These and the ESB, honestly, just mm-hmm. back and forth. And then the bottle of whiskey for later oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> chase it. Um, yeah, it turned out really well. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with it. Yeah, this is a fantastic beer for this time of year. This mm-hmm. is absolutely spot on. So, a couple things I'm noticing. Um, Go on. One, alt beer. Again, not a common style. But we, I at least featured one not too long ago. I believe it was on some sort of Zoom call. Was it a zoom episode? It was a zoom episode. Uh, but I had the Dancing Gnome alt beer mm-hmm. uh, that they put out. I I have had that, but I don't know that it was on the show. I, I think I just, th- yeah. just straight up drank it. It was yeah, good beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. Right. Real good beer. So I'm kind of comparing that one to this one. Uh, if I recall correctly, that one was like a 4-3%. Mm-hmm. Yes. So obviously you said this one's bigger. This is almost like a, uh, in a way like the way they did. I don't know. You don't party guile this in any way, do you? You don't like nope. make, you don't make the bigger stick beer and then put out the alt beer. No, but runoff. you probably might be able to do that. Just a thought. Depending on how, <laughs> how big your stick is going to be. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this one is, it, it's a lot bigger. It's a lot more robust than the Dancing Gnome one. Mm-hmm. I'm also getting, like, uh, some notes of, like, spice. Is there... Hops. Hops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it has a, it's, it's Galena hops. Okay. Um, but you're good. Mm-hmm. For that, you know, I, I use Galena also in the uh, square dancing, okay. Kentucky Common. It's a good, you know. All around. All around kind of old school American, mm-hmm. although I'm pretty sure Galena is German. Um, we won't tell. <laughs> I think it is. Either way, it's a good substitute for like Comet mm-hmm. or something that you would use uh, for an alt. Um, yeah, I think also the spicer is... A little bit of chocolate rye in there. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it, I, I know this isn't a, a, you know a straightforward alt beer. It's a stick beer, but this compared to the uh, to the alt that Dancing Gnome did, mm-hmm. yeah, this is better. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. That's a bold claim. And, and I okay. stand by it. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you, uh, but... I mean, there's uh, there's less nicer terms I could use, but I would also agree. Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah. It's better. It's yeah, better. I, That's I, all there is to it. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe the Dancing Gnome one's a little more bland, but maybe that... This one's better. Right. There you go. It's supposed to be more robust for the brewers. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is this their is the stuff stash. that yeah this is, this <laughs> essentially would be like brewers would make the alt beer and be like yeah 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 consumers you have that mm-hmm. we're drinking this which would be the most <laughs> more robust mm-hmm. be like yeah um, which I can get behind I, mm-hmm. I I I drink a few of these yeah yeah that, yeah it, really good fall beer again and it, it it does differ from that ESB where the like the ESB is more it's more dry yes. this one does have that more robust kind of malty and then spicy flavors mm-hmm. to it and it, it it doesn't necessarily finish dry but it still ha- maintains that good balance yeah that nothing is really overpowering one way or the other so yeah if you're somebody that likes the uh, the classic styles you know your pilsners and stuff like that but you want something a little more body a little more you know something to zhuzh it up a little bit mm-hmm. yeah grab this or if you're like me who doesn't like pilsners but Wait, likes what? i don't sorry <laughs> I, I just don't. <laughs> not no pilsners, not even a nice hoppy. They're, pilsner? they're maybe a hoppy pilsner. I think we had one from Flying Machines. Oh out yes, of North Carolina. In, yes, that yeah, dry hop, that weird dry hop pilsner they kind of put out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't hate that one okay. because it covered up a lot of the what I what I don't care for is like the over crackery. Pilsner malt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't care for that grassy crackery. Right. Okay. But like I I like my. Ales in my lager is darker, and these you know have the those those nice uh, caramel notes to them mm-hmm. without being overly sweet. So yeah, I don't like Enjoy. sweet beer, at least not in in these styles. Mm-hmm. If you're getting a sweet beer, you need to get a, a sweet beer that you know is just gonna. It's gonna be a sweet bomb. I think, know, yeah, yeah you know you're searching dessert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think for for traditional styles. Especially the maltier ones, there has to be some sort of balance mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me personally, because otherwise it gets a little bit cloying. And I always refer to them as sticky. Mm-hmm. There's a stickiness. Like this has a little bit of a stickiness to it, uh, but it has enough hop and the little zip on the end, so yeah. it masks. That's why it's a stick beer, not a sticky beer. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't go all the way. We are just full of puns <laughs> on this beer. Yeah. You're like throwing me back to the memories of like Wells Banana Bread and, oh. the, and their toffee beers. Yeah. I'm just wondering if they started out like trying to be stick beers, but then they just, oops, went too far. And they're like, uh, no, it's dessert. Whatever. Somebody get the marketing department in here. Yeah. What do we do? Change this. <laughs> we doinked it up. Sorry. Yeah, I'd say out of... The Resurrections, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, this, nice. is, this is a good one. It's Far good done. One. Yeah, come check it out. Uh, with that in mind, you just said the magic phrase, resurrection, and that is part of the theme down here at Necromancer, resurrecting old styles. But Not uh, old style, huh? but old styles. Oh, uh, we should just resurrect old style just to <gasps> do it. Yeah. I do like old style. Right? And, and as far as Pilsners go, I do like old style. Shot. Is it a pilsner? Is it? Is it? I don't know. No one knows. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Maybe that's why I do like it. It's not a pilsner. <laughs> but uh, 
every segment three, we try to have a little bit of fun with a little bit of a game. And I came up with an idea for a game. And okay. it's called Bring It Back from the Dead. And that's where I'm going to give you two choices of things that are more or less dead in the beer community. And it's your choice to bring back one of them. Oh, nice. So, so an example, but it's not a very good example because it, one of them is coming back. But uh, an example would be Cooper's Lake versus Brutal Beer Fest. Oh, definitely Brutal Beer Fest. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an easy choice, but I can't tell you which one is coming oh, back. Oh, I can tell you which one's coming you back. You know which one's coming back. <laughs> Everyone should know which Come on, guys. If you, if you follow Meg's Instagram, you'd know. But yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm not excited or nothing. Yeah, right? <laughs> but uh, with that in mind, I do have some ones that aren't quite as easy. Okay. All right. So, All right, games. Yeah, so the, fir- the first one I want to start with, though, and is... Uh, would you rather have the resurrection of the ABV arms race from the mid-early 2000s in which you had the, the Scottish breweries going at it, uh, reaching their 70% icebox? Mm. Or would you rather the IBU arms race come back, in which I believe was ended by Dogfish Head when they put out a supposed 628 IBU IPA that was beyond undrinkable. But you all know you can't taste past 100, right? <laughs> yes, we do. <don't>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one because the IBU one's fun. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like all the time, to- the, the olden IPAs when it was like, we can fuck you up even more. You will taste nothing. Just take a, um, a handful of hops and just shove just it in your shove mouth. Just shove it in your mouth. Just taste this. And you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't. Um, but Icebox, also dope. Uh, and I remember, because BrewDog did the whole thing where they took the taxidermied squirrel mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. shoved the bottle in it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I'd resurrect Icebox. Sorry. Bring those back. I'm sorry, I squirrels. Mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it's up to you like what you get to compete in, too. Because, like I said, it was mostly Scottish breweries that it, it, uh, played in that I, ABV Yeah, but race. like I would just get... You know, a keg and just stuff it in a deer or something. <laughs> uh, I think I could win. That's very Pennsylvania of you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I think we could win. We'll make a really strong ice box using the the icy machines that we talked yes. about. Yes. And then I will stuff it into a deer. Yes. A six-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Not even six-point. I've got one in my backyard that's like an eight-point. Let, let's get it. We'll just grab that one. We'll stop eating my garden, and we'll just... There you go. <laughs> hey, you, come here a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sell it for an exorbitant amount of money, just like they sold their squirrels. Yes. <laughs> Adam, I feel like I don't have to ask you what your answer for this is. Like, I know oh, we're going ABV, yeah, all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I'm not gonna drink the IBU bombs. I know, I, I'm I not gonna do it. I understand. Now there, that being said, there would be some interest in watching other people. Well, there there is a fun video uh, from when they when Dogfish had made that 628 or whatever mm-hmm. of it's uh, Joe Latrulio mm-hmm. and Ken Marino, the two comedians. Yeah. Um, apparently Sam Calazone is friends with them oh. and he was able to bring them into, he was able to bring them and trick them into drinking that. And <laughs> it just looks painful. It looks terrible. Yeah, so. no, no, thank you. You know what? I don't need to have other people <laughs> inflict pain for my entertainment. <laughs> so I'll go for the ABV. Sure. Sure. Yeah. ABV is fun for everybody. It's true. Uh, I also would go ABV 
because oh, interesting three, three zero that's yeah. interesting yeah well here's the thing right now it's I, I forget who holds the record the, the beer is called the mystery of beer spelled mm. with an i not with a y and it's supposedly 72 percent and then the the brewery 72 percent yeah supposedly <laughs> and then the brewery went out of business so it kind of defaults back down to the snake bite who did the snake bite? Um, it's another Scottish brewery. Okay, not Brewdog. Right. The thing I don't That's like... That's the important part. Yeah, the important part, though, is none of them are American. No. We need an American brewery... That's right. <laughs> ...to take that 80%. If only we knew somebody. <laughs> yeah. If only we knew somebody that was crazy enough to kill the beer in her backyard <laughs> and stuff a keg in it. We, we will make this beer 80%... <laughs> Or die trying. 80% icebox. Let's go. Let's make Let's this fucking go. <laughs> Let's fucking Take go. Take it to, you know, Antarctica or something. <laughs> Keep freezing, damn it. <laughs> Meanwhile, it won't even be a keg's worth of beer. It'll be, right. it'll be this little, like, eyedropper. <laughs> I've done it. Um. Well, hey, when, uh, you know, the, the Three Rivers Craft Beer Week comes around in 2022, you can sell little tiny eye drops just one little yeah. taste one for you so <laughs> one for the you. way they sold utopia shots for and, 20 bucks or whatever yeah. oh my goodness <sighs> you can do you can do an eye drop for 30 <laughs> <laughs> please try my 80 percent yeah distilled beverage <laughs> also, don't take two you can't drive home <laughs> right exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right the next kind of showdown mm-hmm. as it were is would you rather Reinstate Reinheitsgebot or lessen beer laws back to previous years when it wasn't 21 and over, when you could have table beer for kids. Same way it kind of is in Europe. <laughs> would you rather us be... Oh, totally. Which, which way would you rather us be more like Europe? <laughs> I, I'd say that we, we could let children... I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s. Mm-hmm. My wife's going to get so mad when she listens to this because I keep saying we're going to do this to my kid. Um, I grew up in the 80s, so, like, you know, I had a teething children. Yes. My dad put some scotch on it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was also a Jack Daniels yeah. <laughs> baby. You got, uh, you, I was a Jim Beam baby. I'd be like, my, you know, I'd be crying and stuff. I'd be like, come here, kid. Mm-hmm. Mm, and then, <laughs> A, no more pain. B, go to sleep. So everybody it's wins. like a it's like a win win. Uh, so I would I would definitely do that. Okay, uh, make instead of run high school boot. I get it. Right. We're good. Mm-hmm. Right. Good. Good for you. Uh, laws, um, <laughs> but also while I think tradition is great and we should do stuff, you know, let's have some fun. Have a little fun. Have a little fun. Let pe- let people who can serve in the military have a beer. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> Good for you. Did you have to do a lot of gun shooting today? Here's a beer. <laughs> Chill out. Relax. Did you, to, did you have to go to a hellhole for a while? <laughs> Here's a couple of beers. Yeah, for, for Here's a dumb case fucking of hands. reasons. Would you like a case of hands? They're like, yes, please. Here you go. <laughs> awesome. So another one, and it's not completely dead, but the idea is uh, frosty mugs. You do not see those in breweries so much as you do maybe in Applebee's or a Buffalo Wild Wings. Or a Big Jim's. So before we get too far into this, yeah, 
Screw Applebee's yeah. so much. <laughs> Applebee's get you drunk though. Yeah, I haven't been to an Applebee's in like ten but years, guys. The latest yeah, commercial more. that they have out. I know you don't. You know you've cut the cord. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I have not. Through any at all sporting events in the last three weeks, they have this god awful commercial <laughs> that makes me want to take a take a Phillips head screwdriver, stab it into my eye, and then into my ear. Fun. I hate it. so Oh my! They still frost mugs. I I I wouldn't know. I haven't been in an apple. You haven't been in one in like ten years. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just guessing if somebody did frost mugs, Applebee would frost mugs. No. <laughs> have you guys been? All right. So I live in Greenfield. Mm-hmm. All right, and there's the run. Yeah. And there's big gyms in the run. Okay. They frost their cups. Oh. They are in a little freezer. Okay. And by freezer, I mean. The grodiest. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm such a germaphobe, and I, I still go there. I'm like, yes, give me the frosty mug. Uh, it's so gross. Like, I don't think the thing's been cleaned in like 30 years. No. But they still do it. They'll bring it out. Like, it's all like, I don't know if they've ever defrosted this thing. Like, it's all just covered in ice. And they bring you this mug, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do it. Well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think the only other place you can get a frosted mug is uh, a Long John Silver's and W. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know that those exist anymore. Yeah, they, no, they still um, exist. I know the one in Robinson is gone. Are they fast food? You can actually, you can yeah. get, like they give you a food. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if, if you're crazy enough to go inside to eat. Yeah. Or Canadian. <laughs> right. They, got a lot of them they in don't Canada. sell beer yeah. there, so it's like you get no, a frosted mug. No, it's all root beer. beer. It's the root beer. They'll uh, give you yeah. a frosted root beer mug. Right. But so anyway, would you rather resurrect frosted mugs or would you rather bring back the Randall? The what? The Randall. What's the Randall? Do you, you don't remember Randall's? No. That's where they, 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 they hooked up that crazy contraption that had like an infusion of whatever fruit or hops that hooked up to the tap. Oh God, and this it, is really hard. It had to pass through no. from the tap. To- nope. Everything about me is saying no to that <laughs> more than it is saying no to me because I go to big gyms and I drink from okay. that frosted mug. All I'm right. like, yes, please give me an Iron City in that frosted mug. I will do it. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Yes, way before way before people just threw shit into their boil and into the whirlpool, there there was the Randall, and it, they in, they influ- infused extra flavor onto whatever beer. Knowing what I know about draft systems and about like casks and about, I'm gonna go with the frosted mug. <laughs> At least that shit's frozen. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think I had to go frosted mugs as well for mm-hmm. one one simple reason. How's that? If you get something out of the Randall, it's going to cost you like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. Frosted mug of Iron City, buck 75. Ayo. Buck 75. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a $5 difference plus change. <laughs> plus, you know, it's just ice and maybe a little bit of germs compared to like fruit that's been sitting in a right. thing <laughs> for a week. Sure, rotting fruit is not great. <laughs> <laughs> However,. Wait a minute. <laughs> I just feel like we haven't explored all the options the Randall has to offer. <laughs> I don't know. Everything about that says no to me. <laughs> what about bay leaves? Have we tried bay leaves in the Randall? Nobody has tried bay leaves in the Randall. Exactly. exactly. But how do we know? You could just put it in there with a saison and see what happens. Exactly. Uh, see? Yeah, see? You can, you can run a farmhouse in some with some basil. Yeah. Lavender, basil. We, we Too many people went... Goofy, like, sweet things and fruits. Mm-hmm. Not enough people tried herbs. The herbs. That is true. 
Still gotta go buck seventy five. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with him. I'm with the I'm with the frosty glass. I'm going Randall. I gotta I gotta try everything. That's, hey, <laughs> split decisions. That's okay. All right. So your one final thing to resurrect, and it's brewing methodology. Oh. And this is kind of it's got to be like a universal thing. So it's neither or. Would you rather bring back? The old style of lagering beers in which you had to stick them in a cave in spring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or would you rather go really ancient and remove hops? Oh, lager in a cave, man. <laughs> <laughs> lager in a cave all day. You just run that shit right in there. <laughs> we had, we, you guys know there's lager caves at Penn. I did I know didn't, that. I didn't oh, actually. Yeah. I did. So if you oh, go into okay. the beer garden there and you look, there are two lager caves. They're all through the building. Mm-hmm. So when it used to be uh, Eberhard and Ober, they had lagering caves. Oh, okay. And the brew house, little tidbit of history here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just talking pin up so much during this <laughs> podcast. Hey, we'll drink their You're beer. welcome, guys. Thank you. That's uh, two weeks uh, in I a row they're getting pressed. Um, so... Uh, when it's ever and over, the, the brew house was actually the racking area. So they mm. would actually like put all the beer in the, in the, the, the big barrels there and run mm. them in there. And then if you go into the beer garden, there's like the, the little tap bar area and there's a little cave right there. The one right there, you can actually look in and see hundred year old barrels. In oh, there. wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Totally dope. How they got them in there, I have no idea. It's kind of like, you know, it's like how the Egyptians built the pyramids. Right. No one fucking knows how they lifted all that <laughs> shit, but they did. So, um, yeah, it's pretty dope that they did that. Genius. Germans. They knew what they were doing with the beer. Too but true. Yeah, Too I would, true. I would totally just stick it in a cave. Yeah, we're going full Mars in here. Okay. No doubt. Mertzen? Mertzen. Mertzen? The Mertzen. I mean, okay, I, I'm kind of surprised by that, that, so, you, that, you're, that you're not just throwing all the hops away. No, <laughs> no, because if I had to throw all the hops away, that means I had to throw away Fuggle. Oh, fair enough. And I can't do that to myself, <laughs> or the world, for that matter. Cannot deny the world of Fuggle. That's right. Everybody needs to live that Fug life once in a while. Fug life. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I, I, it, three for three again, though. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, go back to cave lagering. Absolutely. Give give something for the people to look at at the wampum mines. <laughs> Excellent temperature control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's like, you can go and visit all the barrels. <laughs> I'm making investment phone calls tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to have Ben, you know, we have that whole hill right there. Yeah. Let's dig it out. dig it out. Yeah. Dig it out. Dig it out. We'll make some loggers in there in like six years. I'll be like, look. Blogger. Remember when we did this? No. Well, guess what? It's ready. It's ready. (laughs) How much is a backhoe rental? (laughs) (laughs) Now we just need to get it out. (laughs) Man. Yeah. Yeah, we need to bring back cave bloggering. Fair enough. Let's make that happen. Okay. Well, tell somebody who has money, not me. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or a backhoe. Sure. (laughs) I also don't have a backhoe. (laughs) Well, then what the hell good are you? I know how to run the board. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> they, uh, do the edits. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's kind of how you say, uh, you play Bring It Back from the Dead. Mm-hmm. 
probably the only game we'll ever play. You don't know that. Here at Necromancer. There you I go. Mean, That's right. We'll come back to Necromancer play it again. I don't know if we'll ever play We have to find other dead-themed breweries to play the game at. I don't know if there are any others. Yeah, well, you got to look. Got to uh, do it. Uh, I'm going to nah, stop at Necromancer. I'm good with that. All right. <laughs> uh, with that, though, let's come back to the stick beer that we're drinking. Yes. What was the name of this again? I'm sorry. Stick together. Stick together. Thank hmm. you. Turns out, good beer. Yes. Doesn't suck. Uh, it does not suck. Zero percent suckage here. Yeah. Doesn't suck. Does not suck. Um, I enjoyed it. It had it, it. It seemed to build on itself with like more flavor coming in on the back end, mm-hmm. with like a little more of that hop spice and yes. maybe rye is what I'm getting. So on the Belgian, uh, on the hoppy Belgian, I talked about trying it. If you're trying to get people to go over to the hoppy side, mm-hmm. that's a good beer to use. Mm-hmm. This is a good beer to use to try to get people away from macros. This is a good yeah. beer to kind of introduce people to the greater and grander world that is craft beer. Mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of pull from the macro over to this, and I think they would appreciate this, and this would open some doors. Right, because this is still in that realm of beer-flavored beer. Yes. And, you know, a lot of those people still have that kind of upturned nose that like, I don't want new fruit in my beer. I don't want new coffee. I don't get it. I don't want it. But like this is, you know, it, it, it's basic flavors and it's still probably pretty close to Reinheit's Gebot. Correct. As close as you can get. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it's definitely going to drag people over f- to this side. And I don't know that it would drag people over to this side. I think it would welcome them to this side. Eh, it's 2021. If you don't know what beer has to offer, <laughs> like then it's it's got to be like a little bit of a kicking and screaming, you know. <laughs> a little bit, but I, I, I think you kind of have to look at the, the folks that are 21, 22. Oh, yeah, yeah. New- that have not had the brewery experiences. True, true. Due true. to the world exploding. Okay. Okay, fair enough. This is the kind of beer, because when you're 21, you know, 22, and you haven't had that opportunity to go into breweries and figure it out for yourself, you're just going to go to the name that you know. Thank you, marketing gurus. Fair enough. You also still have to trick that crowd to not drink Four loco as well. but (laughs) Or trick them to drink all the Four loco. (laughs) Don't drink it all. I need some. (laughs) I've never had a Four loco yet. Neither have I. Oh, okay. Whatever. (laughs) Don't judge me. Oh, split decision. No, I just... It hasn't happened yet. Don't judge me. It'll happen at some point, I'm sure. Not hating, just saying. Maybe maybe start with the Steel Reserve Alloy series instead. <laughs> Ease into it. Yeah, those are only 8%, whereas Four Loco is 14 sometimes. It's 14%? Sometimes. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. The hemp one was terrible. Yeah, I could have told you that one. I didn't even drink it. I had to learn for myself. <laughs> <laughs> gotta try it once. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, gotta try all the flavors. <laughs> hemp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, though, we can go to the podium, which is where we rank all the beers that we had tonight, bronze, silver, and gold. Mm -hmm. And Lauren, you're obviously going to go last because they're all your babies. That's that's probably Mm -hmm. a good idea. Yes. Uh, Adam, though, can you go first? I don't know that I can. Okay. (laughs) Because I I mean, I know what my gold is. It's the bronze and silver. Right, right, right. I'll be honest. Okay. I'm I'm not entirely sure. Okay. I will go then. Okay. Uh, my bronze, I'm going to give to this stick beer. Okay. It's, and I, it, it is really hard, like you're saying. 
Yeah. As far as just because they're all good and eh, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm sticking with my guns. It's the stick beer is bronze. Okay. All right. Go with your gut. It's a, it's really drinkable. Uh, it's nice and flavorful. It's robust. It just, it did kind of build on itself a little bit too much. Just a little bit too much spice at the end. Um, so, but yeah, overall, it's still just a really good beer. So, uh, but silver, the ESB. The ESB is like a complete package. It has a nice bitterness at the end. It's dry. It's drinkable. You can have, I could probably put down a bunch of those without uh, knowing mm-hmm. that I was. That's the other thing. I feel, I feel like the, the, the stick beer, I know that I'm getting kind of heavy. Like it's a, it's a little bit heavier, it's a little bit thicker. So I know I'm just like you know, putting down something bigger, even yeah. though it is only six percent. Mm-hmm. But that's why the gold goes to the Belgian IPA sneak attack. Yeah, total sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's super smooth drinking. The the hops don't overpower the Belgian flavors that you get, and it is super smooth. It's super refreshing. Uh, the, the other two beers are very much fall beers, winter beers, coming out thaw beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the Belgian IPA, though, I feel like is an all-time drinker, and that 7% is sneaky as hell. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it, it just has a wonderful play of different flavors from the actual malt to the hop to the yeast. So, yeah, I enjoyed that one the most. You didn't. You didn't help. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't help at all. But uh, uh, all right, I think I have my order, and there are no bad ones on this list, uh, bar none. Uh, and this, I've said it before. I think I had to say it again. This is going to come down to personal preference. I I think the Belgian is going to have to go in the bronze medal position. You can boo all you want. I just did. I I know. I heard. <laughs> But the, I think I'm going to have to put the Belgian IPA in the bronze medal position. Uh, it is a very well-crafted beer. Uh, for my hophead friends and those that are more hop-centric, I would absolutely recommend this beer to them. But for me, compared to the other two, if I had the three of them lined up in front of me, that would be my third choice. Personal preference. Damn it. This <laughs> gets, gets really tough. Okay, now, in the silver medal position, by a squeaker, I think I have to put the ESB by just a little bit. It's a good beer. It's a, it's a very versatile beer as well. Mm-hmm. I can think of several situations where I could drink it. Uh, actually, there's I can't think of many situations where I wouldn't drink it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 I simply think that the stick beer is just a little bit more than the ESB. Uh, it's just more more versatile. It's got a little bit more maltiness to it. It's a little more drinkable. Yes, it does have a little bit of that heaviness to it, mm-hmm. but of the three, I, I enjoyed that the most. Okay. I, I enjoyed that heaviness because it, it kind of gave you pause. Yes, like you were talking about with the Belgian IPA, it had that sneakiness to it, I prefer not to have that sneakiness because <laughs> there's a good chance I'm going to be operating a heavy motor vehicle later on. <laughs> so I, I, I think that heaviness will give the drinker a little bit of caution. 
Okay. So, so for that, I got to go with the stick beer in the gold medal position. All right. Lauren, it's your turn. Oh, geez. Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's always tough when you make the beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, can I go gold to bronze? Sure. Gold's definitely going to be ESB for me. Um, the only reason is, is because it's more drinkable, I think, than, than the other two. Like, I can crush a few more. If I'm going to drink a lot of beer, I think it's going to be something that's a little crispier. It's not going to be as flavorful. Um, plus, I'm just, I'm really proud of that, that ESB. I think it's spot on the style. Mm. Uh, the other two, it's hard to, to pick a... Welcome to our crisis. I know, man. It's like, it just kind of depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Because, you know, if I want something a little bit crispier, a little less malty, then I would pick the the Belgian. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to do Belgian in in silver and the stick in bronze. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you can can always just say you're putting the Belgian in silver because it helped you get to the dance. You know, it was your... It was, your it was. Well, winner. that's the other thing. It's just a sentimental thing. With that's that fair. Belgian. That's I'm fair. Like, I want to put you first, honey, but I can't because I really like that ESP. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's... That was, you know... It has evolved, but it still was one of the, the beers I meddled on very early on. So it's, it's a good beer. Um, and yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking about how many beers I can have in a night of the same beer mm-hmm. and not get tired. It, it would probably be the, the Belgian in, in silver rather than the stick. I think I can have two sticks and be like, okay, malt, I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah. Right on, right on. Oh, well, with that, uh, just car- continue to carry on any kind of uh, social media you want to plug, whether it's your personal or Necromancers or Pittsburgh uh, Brewery Diversity Council, any events you want to plug coming up just floor is yours all three uh so yeah look out for mindful's release for the she knows beer we have oktoberfest brave noise and schwartztag look up necromancer brewing at on instagram if you want to follow me personally it's honestly like a bunch of beer stuff and dog stuff and i also fence so it's fencing uh, oh, we're going to talk about that after the show. We can. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do, uh, I do long sword fencing. It's. I don't great. know what that is, but that sounds awesome. It's literally a long sword, like they used to German long sword fencing. Anyways, uh, <laughs> off topic. Uh, you can follow me. It's little low, little l o p g h uh, at Instagram. So yeah, right on. Cool, cool. And if you want to find us, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA and I'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on everything that starts in pod and ends in cast. And if you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because... We are a six resurrected recipes show, but they only let us use five. And that's a bigger crime than none of us making Undertaker references. Oh, this damn episode. it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, I can only be mad at myself. Yes. Oh, well. But uh, thanks again, Lauren, for Thank having you us in so your much. space. Thank you. Sharing your beer with us, telling us your story. It's a good time had by all. Agreed. Uh, yeah. We'll be back. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, back. for sure. Hang out. 
Uh, but we'll also be back next week for you, listener. And I can say our pints will be full. Snap. Ah, skip. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. He would have to explain to me mid-punch that his air conditioner was broken. (laughs) 